welcome to Myth Matters, storytelling and conversation about mythology and why myth matters to your life today. I'm your host and personal mythologist, Dr. Katherine Svela. Wherever you may be in this wide, beautiful, crazy world of ours, you are part of this story circle. April is National Poetry Month here in the United States, and I have 10 poems for you today, a teeny, tiny bit of the real wealth of culture and our existence in imagination. In the last podcast, A Terrible Love of War, A Culture of Peace, I talked about the need to build a culture and societies that are so satisfying and compelling that we are unwilling to sacrifice them or our precious lives to the destruction and death brought by war. The link expressed in James Hillman's phrase, a terrible love of war, is the archetypal coupling of the god of war, known to the Greeks as Ares and the Romans as Mars, and the goddess of love, known as Aphrodite or Venus. This goddess, lover of the war god, suggests the central role of love, beauty, and the erotic, of relatedness, devotion to the particular, and a poetic sensibility in a culture of peace, a culture that could perhaps contain and subdue the archetypal energy of war. I imagine the time that we spend together here with these poems today as an offering to such a culture. We need Aphrodite, whose values have long been repressed and suppressed in dominant cultures around the world. We need devoted attention, love for the particular. We need beauty. My reflections on this led me back to a book that I recommend to you. It's titled Beauty, the Invisible Embrace by John O'Donohue. I'll post a link to the book with the transcript for this episode. I want to borrow a few words from O'Donohue as a loose frame for the poems that I've gathered to read to you today. O'Donohue writes, When we hear the word beauty, we inevitably think that beauty belongs in a special elite realm where only the extraordinary dwells. Yet without realizing it, each day, each one of us is visited by beauty. When you actually listen to people, it is surprising how often beauty is mentioned. A world without beauty would be unbearable. Indeed, the subtle touches of beauty are what enables most people to survive. Yet beauty is woven so quietly through our ordinary days that we hardly notice it. A bit later, O'Donohue notes that the Greek word for beauty is connected to the experience of being called. 
He writes, When we experience beauty, we feel called. The beautiful stirs passion and urgency in us and calls us forth from aloneness into the warmth and wonder of an eternal embrace. It unites us again with the neglected and forgotten grandeur of life. Now, I invite you to relax and listen. (laughs) I hope these poems bring you some respite, inspiration, a deeper appreciation for the beauty in your life. Perhaps you'll find a new poet to investigate on your own. I'm going to pause for an extra moment between poems to allow us each the space for a breath or two. I chose this first poem for its note of invitation. The Last Word by Nikki Grimes I am a door of metaphor waiting to be opened. You'll find no lock, no key. All are free to enter at will. Simply step over the threshold. Remember to dress for travel, though. Visitors have been known to get carried away. Mouth Slightly Open by Robert Haas from his collection Time and Materials. The body a yellow brilliance and a head some orange color from a Chinese painting dipped in sunset by the summer gods who are also producing that twitchy shiver in the cottonwoods, less wind than river. Where the bird you thought you saw was, whether you believe what you thought you saw or not, and then was not, had absconded, leaving behind the emptiness that hums a little in you now, and is not bad or sad, and only just resembles awe or fear. The bird is elsewhere now, and you are here. Thank you to Josiah for sending me this next poem. It's called Ghost Road Song by Deborah Miranda. I need a song. I need a song like a river, cool and dark and wet, like a battered old oak, gnarled bark, bitter acorns, a song like a dragonfly, shimmer, hover, swerve, like embers too hot to touch. I need a song like my father's hands, scarred, calloused, blunt, a song like a wheel, like June rain, seep of solstice, tang of waking earth. I need a song like a seed, a hard and shiny promise, a song like ashes, gritty, fine, scattered, a song like abalone, tough as stone, smooth as a ripple at the edge of the bay. I need a song so soft it won't sting my wounds, so true no anger can blunt it, so deep no one can mine it. I need a song with a heart wrapped in barbed wire. I need a song that sheds no tears. I need a song that sobs. I need a song that skates along the edge of black ice, howls with coyotes, 
a song with a good set of lungs, a song that won't give out, give up, give in, give way. I need a song with guts. I need a song like lightning, just one blaze of insight. I need a song like a hurricane, spiraled winds of chaos, a snake-charming song, a bullshit-bursting song, a shut-up-and-listen-to-the-creator song. I need a song that rears its head up like a granite peak and greets the eastern sky. I need a song small enough to fit in my pocket, big enough to wrap around the wide shoulders of my grief, a song with a melody like thunder, chords that won't get lost, rhythm that can't steal away. I need a song that forgives me my lack of voice. I need a song that forgives my lack of forgiveness. I need a song so right that the first note splinters me like crystal, spits the shards out into the universe like sleek seedlings of stars. Yes, that's the song I need. The song to accompany you on your first steps along the Milky Way. That song with ragged edges, a worn-out sun. The song that lets a burnt red rim slip away into the Pacific, leaves my throat healed at last. That poem by Deborah Miranda led me to find this next one, also by Miranda. It's from her latest poetry collection, titled Altar for Broken Things, and the poem is called Intention. A tulip poplar blossom falls into my open palm. Cool cup, creamy center with a ragged ring of flame. It has lived in the canopy where the bees came in their golden bodies, filled their saddlebags with pollen, carried it home to the hive. All winter they'll consume this memory, the sable, smoky taste of a tree transformed into light. I want to go like that, a flowery comet shooting slowly across the dawn sky, drenched in hungry kisses, drifting into an open hand placed gently on the earth, one small offering upon the altar. Another anti-pastoral by Vivive Francis. I want to put down what the mountain has awakened. My mouth full of grass. My curious tail. I want to stand still but find myself moved patch by patch. There's a bleat in my throat. Words fail me here. Can you understand? I sink to my knees, tired or not. I now know the ragweed from the goldenrod and the blinding beauty of green. Don't you see? I am shedding my skins. I am a paper hive, a wolf spider, the creeping ivy, the ache of a birch, a heifer, a doe. I have fallen from my dream of progress, the clear-cut glass, the potted and balconied tree, the lemon-waxed wood over a marbled pillar, into my own nocturne, the lullabies I had forgotten. How could I know what slept inside? 
What would rend my fantasies to cud and up from this belly's wet, straw-strewn field? These soundings. These next two poems are the work of Rags Rosenberg, who is also a songwriter. Thank you for offering some of your work to Myth Matters Rags. This first poem is titled, A Poet's Work. Long ago you stopped sitting at your desk for hours every morning, wearing a circular path in the carpet of your mind. No, one day you pack up your pencil, step outside, and begin to walk. You notice the live walking stick on the edge of the redwood deck, its impossibly thin body, six crooked legs no thicker than a single-strand horsehair. You turn east. A thin, crimson line edges the ridge of the Copper Mountains. The golden fingers of dawn begin to shimmer the horizon. You resist the urge to return to the comfort of your chair, the safety of your desk. No, you continue your aimless wander. You don't remember how you wind up in the kitchen, but here you are at the sink, gazing through the glass at six silk black ravens winging west, your hands wrapped round a warm cup, your ears dancing to the hum of the refrigerator. Time also by Rags Rosenberg. Once upon a time, when there was still plenty of the stuff, before we strapped it to our wrists, before it told us when to sleep and when to wake, before all of that, before it measured our lives with candles on cakes, before it could be wasted, before it could be suspended or given to a friend, before it invented the future and the past, before it was slow or fast, early or late, before it was used to heal all wounds, yeah, before all of that. We just hung out on Chauncey's front porch on lazy yellow afternoons, watching the old men play checkers. We hiked to the top of Lookout Mountain, looked out over the simple homes, and reveled in the lack of progress. No one knows exactly what happened. Some say time got bored or was captured by our imagination and put to work so it could earn its keep like everyone else. No one ever thought it would learn to fly, but by then there was no stopping it. This next poem is You Can't Have It All by Barbara Ross from her collection Bite Every Sorrow. But you can have the fig tree and its fat leaves like clown hands gloved with green. You can have the touch of a single 11-year-old finger on your cheek, waking you at 1 a.m. to say the hamster is back. You can have the purr of the cat and the soulful look of the black dog the look that says, If I could, I would bite every sorrow until it fled. And when it is August, you can have it August, and abundantly so. You can have love, though often it will be mysterious, 
like the white foam that bubbles up at the top of the bean pot over the red kidneys until you realize foam's twin is blood. You can have the skin at the center between a man's legs, so solid, so doll-like. You can have the life of the mind, glowing occasionally in priestly vestments, never admitting pettiness, never stooping to bribe the sullen guard who will tell you all roads narrow at the border. You can speak a foreign language, sometimes, and it can mean something. You can visit the marker on the grave where your father wept openly. You can't bring back the dead, but you can have the words forgive and forget hold hands as if they meant to spend a lifetime together. And you can be grateful for makeup, the way it kisses your face, half spice, half amnesia, grateful for Mozart, his many notes racing one another towards joy, for towels sucking up the drops on your clean skin, and for deeper thirst, for passion fruit, for saliva. You can have the dream, the dream of Egypt, the horses of Egypt and you riding in the hot sand. You can have your grandfather sitting on the side of your bed, at least for a while. You can have clouds and letters, the leaping of distances, and Indian food with yellow sauce like sunrise. You can't count on grace to pick you out of a crowd, but here is your friend to teach you how to high jump, how to throw yourself over the bar, backwards, until you learn about love, about sweet surrender. And here are periwinkles, buses that kneel, farms in the mind as real as Africa. And when adulthood fails you, you can still summon the memory of the black swan on the pond of your childhood, the rye bread with peanut butter and bananas your grandmother gave you while the rest of the family slept. There is the voice you can still summon at will, like your mother's. It will always whisper, you can't have it all, but there is this. Thank you to Diane for sharing this next poem with me. It's titled, Thanks, written by W.S. Merwin. Listen, with the night falling, we are saying thank you. We are stopping on the bridges to bow from the railings. We are running out of the glass rooms with our mouths full of food to look at the sky and say thank you. We are standing by the water, thanking it, standing by the windows, looking out in our directions, Back from a series of hospitals, back from a mugging, after funerals, we are saying thank you. After the news of the dead, whether or not we knew them, we are saying thank you. Over telephones, we are saying thank you. In doorways and in the backs of cars and in elevators, remembering wars and the police at the door and the beatings on stairs, we are saying thank you. In the banks, we are saying thank you in the faces of the officials and the rich and of all who will never change, we go on saying thank you, thank you. With the animals dying around us, taking our feelings, we are saying thank you. With the forest falling faster than the minutes of our lives, we are saying thank you. 
with the words going out like cells of a brain, with the cities growing over us, we are saying thank you, faster and faster, with nobody listening, we are saying thank you, thank you, we are saying and waving, dark though it is. Isn't this one of the challenges posed by love, my friend? To be fully present to the pain of the world, and also grateful, deeply grateful, for the gift of being here at all. I have one last poem for you today, a favorite from Mary Oliver. But first, let's pause to give a big welcome to new email subscribers, Kitty, Angela, Paul, Sheila, Adam, Ara, Mar, Gretchen, Halima, and Cosimo. Thank you so much for joining my email list to receive announcements about Myth Matters and my other programs. If you are new to Myth Matters or you haven't been to the Mythic Mojo website for a while, I invite you to stop by there and investigate my other offerings. I work with individuals in a variety of ways, and you might find something that calls to you right now. Heartfelt thanks to the patrons and supporters of Myth Matters. Your monthly financial support is essential to this work. I know that even $5 a month isn't doable for everyone, and yet we meet in this space as this type of sharing is the cornerstone of community. So if you're finding something of value here in Myth Matters, I do hope that you'll consider joining me on Patreon. And if a monthly commitment is more than you can manage, maybe drop something in the tip jar or post a positive review on your favorite podcast platform to share the love. Thank you, Anna, at Yoga Life for your generous tip. Much appreciated. In the next podcast, we'll continue our celebration of National Poetry Month I'm so grateful to the listeners who emailed wonderful poems to me. I invite you to send me a poem that speaks to you right now. Share your experience of beauty with me, and you might hear your poem in the next podcast. I realize that in the midst of all that is going on, all of the horror, all of the important work that must be done, spending Time with a poem may seem like a small and even trivial thing, and yet it is the tiny acts that comprise a great work and a life. We cannot build a culture of peace without living moment by moment as best we can in the vision that we hold of it. John O'Donohue writes, The tragedy is that what we refuse to attend to cannot reach us. In turning away from beauty, we turn away from all that is wholesome and true and deliver ourselves into an exile where the vulgar and artificial dull and deaden the human spirit. And now, one of my favorite poems by a true ambassador of Aphrodite. Mary Oliver. It's titled Mindful. Every day 
I see or hear something that more or less kills me with delight, that leaves me like a needle in the haystack of light. It was what I was born for, to look, to listen, to lose myself inside this soft world, to instruct myself over and over in joy and acclamation. Nor am I talking about the exceptional, the fearful, the dreadful, the very extravagant, but of the ordinary, the common, the very drab, the daily presentations. Oh, good scholar, I say to myself, how can you help but grow wise with such teachings as these, the untrimmable light of the world, the ocean shine, the prayers that are made out of grass? And that's it for me, Catherine Savela and Myth Matters. Thank you so much for listening. Take good care of yourself, and until next time, happy myth-making, and keep the mystery in your life alive. Mm-hmm.